five. Six. I totally forgot I had been editing the uh, Pokemon podcast and there, because there's more people, there's more counting, and so... Yeah. Uh, no, Abby. You don't make Abby, Abby count when. Is... What? What? Says so you don't make Abby count when we do the cage one. No, because we're all because uh, the two of us are on the same location. Oh, I suppose. Yes, but you and Abby yeah. listen to the Teesbook directory to Luke. Yeah, we listened to a few, but it was a bit slow and not dance poppy enough for me. For oh, yeah. what I need. Yeah, I needed to, like, drive back from Michigan, and so it's just like, uh, I can't deal with this, it's good, but also I can't really pay attention to the lyrics, I am tired. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift knows how to do a rap feud now. Oh, yeah. Let the other person deal with long, ongoing mental issues that he really needs to seek help for. And while he's caught up with that, you release a album without warning. On the day he was going to release his album. Take a strand as I walk away. Plus he had Bonnie Vare on her, her new album. Kanye helped make him famous. Lots of fun, subtle jabs. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, welcome back to Ultiverse OQ, your guide to the Ultimate Universe. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're talking about... Spider-Man. And vampires. Christ, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, on this 41st episode of Ultiverse OQ... We're going to be covering Ultimate Comics Spider-Man 15 and then Ultimate Spider-Man numbers 150 through 155 because they changed the name back as soon as they can. And then Ultimate Comics Avengers 3 numbers 1 through 6. Don't you love a good old-fashioned numbers change? And a title change. Yeah. Yeah. They won't do that again later. <laughs> Yeah, and Marvelous Cowers, because they just left it up on the Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. They don't, they could go back to Ultimate Comics, or Ultimate Spider-Man. Honestly, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Like, I get why they did it, but also, vanity numbering is kind of dumb. I like that. I personally, I'd prefer vanity numbering rather than just rebooting. I mean, you... They don't need to be exclusionary. What do you mean? Well, like, uh, you can just keep numbering, but I mean, like, this was a total, oh, yeah, this is the 15th issue of our new series, and then, oh, we want to go and celebrate what would have been the 150th issue if we hadn't retitled it. Yeah. I mean, it's all... Awesome. To me, I just I just wouldn't have renumbered it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Or do what they did with Marvel Legacy. Where they have two numbers. Yes. Or where what they do with Emerald Legacy. Where they just pour in some wine and say, BAM! Yes. 
<laughs> you know, Emerald, the ship that everybody's always talking about. Yes. He still has a show apparently somewhere. My roommate Let's... and I were trying to figure that out the other day. Emerald TV show current. Where's the thought? Uh, he has a American sitcom? Oh no, that was back in 2001. Oof. It started like two weeks after uh, 9-11. That's, that's nice. not great. But yeah, let's see how he is kicking it up a notch. Bam. Uh, culinary acting. As Wikipedia is too complicated, I don't really care enough about it. Bam! Weirdly, weirdly, he is part of the Fall River, Massachusetts Wikipedia hub. Along with other people. Oh, you're right. What a wild trip. Emerald Agassi. Lizzie Borden. All the good people. Mm -hmm. Those are the only people whose names I recognize. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 15. It was written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Sarah Pacelli. Color by Justin Ponsor and letters by VCs Corey Petit. And it's pretty Friend much... Friend of Miles Morales, Sarah Pacelli? Sarah Pacelli. Yeah, and it is a epilogue to the last arc that we covered with the two chameleons. Yeah. And you know which one wins, Devin? The one that you feed. <gasps> yeah. Um. Yeah, it's sort of a wrap-up where it's like, yeah, everybody's kind of mad at Peter. Uh, Gwen and MJ are having a hard time because of what Chameleon Peter did. Jameson realizes that he wants to defend Spider-Man, especially now that he knows the secret identity, but he won't publish it. And Lana Baumgartner from the Bombshells, the mother and daughter team, ends up going to the school. But before Peter is able to set anything right, uh, Gwen leaves. Well, they're also mad, too, because he went over and talked to Bombshell instead yeah. of MJ or Gwen. Yeah, and then didn't do a good job of explaining what was going on. I mean, it's not the worst thing related to them that we're going to cover in this issue, but uh, yeah, it's a kind of rappy uppy one shot. Uh huh. To tainted love. And uh, I mean, we have at this point had a large number of Spider Man one shots on our list of 142 comics. Yeah, with the have. top one being Ultimate Spider-Man numbers 118 through 120, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, and the bottom being The Ultimates 3. Yeah. Christ. Uh, so, how do you feel about this one? I, I think it has a lot of good sort of setup for what is going to come. It does, but also, a lot of good Jameson moments. But also I think its placement is more because it is a 
Oh yeah, this is the issue we have to do before our 149th, and we want to set up some stuff, but we can't really resolve too much. Yeah. I don't know, I feel like it was a good wrap-up point for mm -hmm. the arc so far. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to Death of a Goblin? Uh, not as good. Uh, close or much worse? Uh, no, pretty close. Uh, right under that is Popular. Better than popular. Alright, so our new number 16 is Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 15, Painted Love, Epilogue. And then we have Spidey's 150th Anniversary Special Ultimate Spider-Man number 150, which has a new story, but then in the back it re... Uh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, redoes all of uh, the Spidey Super Story, which is non-canon, especially because it has the early version of the Fantastic Four where they're just 616 Fantastic Four. Yeah. No, I totally forgot that it was the thing that existed. Yeah, uh, the Spidey Super Special is currently number 53 on our list, and we covered that back in episode 7. Yeah. But yeah, it's a very weird choice to put in here. Like, I... So much has changed, and I'm not sure what the point of it was. I agree. So many of those characters that we see are dead. Mm-hmm. Just like every planet we reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man 150 was written by Brian Michael Bendis, and then it has multiple art teams, including David LaPuente and Justin Ponzor, Sarah Pacelli and Justin Ponzor, Joel Jones, Sonny Go, and Sakari Uono of IFS. And Justin Ponzor? No. Oh. Sakari Uono of IFS. Cover that one. Uh, Jamie McKelvey and Matt Wilson, the colorist. Scotty Young and John Francois Boulier. And then VC Scorpity did all the coloring. And it's an interesting one that I don't think it works as well as it should. Because the premise is Carol Danvers is trying to figure out what to do with Spider-Man because he keeps causing collateral damage, like when he fights the Ringer. And so she assembles the Marvel Cinematic Universe trio of heroes, slash the Ultimate Universe trio of heroes. Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor... Or what they think an Iron Man is like, oh yeah, Spider-Man helped me fight Whiplash, and he understands my technology. He's really smart. But Captain America, continuing to be shitty, is like, Spider-Man tried to stop some AIM agents with me, but he caused collateral damage. And he got me kicked. Because he accidentally webbed me. He's an idiot and a child. And Thor's like, yeah, he helped me stop the wizard Zandu, who stole the Eye of Avalon and became Mangog, and he is a brave warrior. And so Carol ultimately is like, hey, Spider-Man, we're waiting in your house. Me, your aunt, and like 20 different agents. Uh, you have to go and take superhero school training now. It's weird reading this, especially just with what's going to come after, but it's basically like, oh. So basically where these two paths diverge is what ends up becoming the ultimate Spider-Man cartoon series. Yeah. Definitely. Well... I guess if to Nick Fury had stayed, if Nick Fury had stayed in charge, it would definitely be that full divergent path. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's it's an interesting idea, and I I want to know exactly where it was when Bendis was like, oh, I'm going to kill off Ultimate Spider-Man, because we'll get to the next arc in a moment. But, like, they have the cover that they advertised it with, and then the actual cover that came out, which was very different. Well, if I have to be real, I think that it was part of why people were so... and Well, a lot, there are a lot of reasons people were upset that Ultimate Spider-Man got killed. For me, it was, it was not very sudden. It was or was not? It was. Yeah. It was just like, everything's going wild, and then, oh, I'm going to kill him off. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think this would have been around the time... Yeah, this was around the time that I was working in the comic shop because uh, this would have also been around the same time that they had killed off uh, Johnny Storm. Yep. A thousand times. Remember how that was the twist? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he died. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was also one of the interesting things looking in the back matter is this is when they tried the point one initiative. This is where we got mm-hmm. Flash Thompson Venom. Like, there was a lot of stuff they were trying out at this point. No. I are the point ones. Some of them are really good. Yeah. But others were not. But this is not a point one. This is number no. 150. Well, uh, how do you... to be fair, I was with the point ones that were bad. I wouldn't say any of them were really bad. Just meant they were just meaningless. Or they were just building up to things that were so far off that it didn't really do a lot. Like the uh, Uncanny X-Force. Oh, yeah. Where Reminder's like, hey, Reavers, they're a thing now. That's right. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, where do we want to put number 150? It's good. I don't know if all the art teams also work super well for it. Uh, I would I would agree with that. Uh-huh. Like, I enjoy McKelvey's art, but... Here, it doesn't do a lot for me. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, the, I thought this arc was okay. It's a good middle ground work. Mm-hmm. Well, our current halfway point is Ultimate, <laughs> Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk. <laughs> Numbers one through six, I think is it a good deal than better than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than Ultimate Spider-Man Super Special. Yes. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to Ultimate Fantastic Four, the Fantastic? Better still. Uh, right about that is the worst day in Peter Parker's life. Ultimate Spider-Man number 122. Which really should just be called the worst day in Peter Parker's life so far. Yeah, Since I'm going to go reference. yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Worst Day Was Better. All right. Well, uh, 34 is a very good showing on Uh our uh, list. And we then have the first arc that really just feels very trimmed down. Because the uh, first two issues, number 151 through 152, is just called Superhero Training. And nothing happens. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's written again by Bendis with art by Sarah Pacelli with uh, some fill-in by David Lafuente, 
colors by Justin Ponsor and letters by VC Square Petite. And like we get a bunch of stuff with Black Cat where Oh, I know the Black she, Cat art, yeah. Yeah, she saw that Mysterio kill the Kingpin, and then she tried to steal his vault, but she had to face down with Mysterio who wanted what was in there. He tried to recruit her, she said no. But then she had to go, so Mysterio got into the vault. She followed him to his base that he had to blow up. And so she waited more time and then ended up finding what he had, which was a giant Ankh that Mysterio refers to as the Zodiac Key, which is one of those things that comes up several times in Marvel Comics, and they're never quite sure what to do with it. I agree. Like, remember that guy, Zodiac? I do. Yeah. And he was very interested in it and then didn't do anything. Well, he got pushed through the future. I don't think he's come back out yet. No, I, and I think the main guy who was writing him isn't really working for Marvel anymore because the last time he was going to try and do a book that I am aware of was when he was going to be like, oh, hey, remember how everyone loves Miss America? Well, we're going to make our own version of it, of her, for image and then the book never fucking came out oh okay oh then i think we're talking about two different zodiacs uh, dan slot had a zodiac in the whatever the last volume of spider-man he did was and peter was rich oh i was thinking about the uh dark rain one yeah no the second you said that, i'm like oh i know which one he's talking about yeah mm-hmm. i think that's a different guy yeah. Because uh, the Zodiac Key came into play with that, but like they opened some gateway to like the future that was like a year in advance that Peter mm-hmm. pushes him through, so then he has a year to prepare and deal with him, but I don't think he's ever come out or that was ever dealt with. Or if it was, yeah. it was very immemorable and I don't remember, but... Uh, yeah, the other one was uh, in that Vengeance Marvel... Uh, miniseries was apparently the last time that he showed up or he was supposed to recruit all of the teen villains but once again that's Joe Casey who as far as I'm aware has not done comics in a while oh uh, oh yeah he's one of the people who's getting that Ben 10 money oh hell yeah he doesn't need to do anything else then <laughs> really he does not I mean it's it's something that keeps paying him. Because, yeah, he was setting him up because, like, that is one thing Joe Casey likes to do, which is set up things and then get to him when he wants to. Because, yeah, there was Dark Rain Zodiac, and then I think he had some appearances in Amazing Spider-Man and Age of Heroes, and then Vengeance. And then that's apparently, like, the last thing that he has done. Dang. Yeah, that was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then after that he was wrapping up Godland and some of his other stuff. Yeah, it looks like he does stuff here and there, looks like, for Image. Yeah, I mean, if you're making Ben 10 money, you don't need uh, no. other stuff. Long as running Cartoon Network series. Well, I mean, they've rebooted that more times than, like, Marvel has rebooted some of their series. Oh, 100%. But, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, while Black Cat is dealing with Mysterio, she finally gets the key. Peter is worried about Gwyn. Uh, Lana 
bombshell tries to sit with the guys and Valerie makes it awkward by asking her out. And then it turns out that Gwen had just gone to go and see her mom who actively told her to get away. And that is when Iron Man shows up at Aunt May's place and is like, hey, have you seen anybody? And in a great moment, uh, Aunt May's like, get the hell out of here, Iron Man. We're trying to have a quiet life and trying to keep a secret identity here. Sorry, what's that, ma'am? Peter Parker, your nephew, Spider-Man, is not here right now? <laughs> uh, one of their neighbors ends up moving away just because another uh, superhero showed up. And then Peter finally gets back, finds out that uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. is very bad at communication, and Gwen breaks up with Peter. Oh, PDP, living that single life once again. You down with PDP? Yeah, you know me. But yeah, it's very much a... This is... I feel like you could... Con, uh, you could consider like the next few issues that uh, come up part of this arc, but they are labeled differently. So how do you feel about superhero training where we don't actually see any fucking superhero training? It was very meh. Yeah, I mean... Also, the next issue cover is like a webbed up uh, Spider-Man with Iron Man looking at him. Like that's supposed to be what the cover is. And then instead you get the next actual issue cover where all of Spider-Man's villains are attacking him and it does not actually happen in the issue nope. at all. Uh, so, I mean, how meh is meh for Spider-Man? Are we talking like Morbius? No, it's better than Morbius. Yeah. Uh, Meh for for Spider-Man is still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, How do you feel about it compared to Strange? Uh, I like this better than Strange. A lot or a little? Eh, A little. Uh, War of the Symbiotes? War of the Symbiotes had a lot more stuff going on. I was going to say, yeah, I would say worse than War of the Symbiotes. Uh, So better or worse than Ultimate Knights? Worse. All right, so our new... Devin. Yeah? (gasps) It's the nice number. Nice. Our new number is 69. Nice. Is Ultimate Spider-Man 151 through 152, Superhero Training. We then have what really is a continuation of the story, even though it's labeled differently, which is Ultimate Spider-Man 153 through 155, Death of Spider-Man Prelude. And once again, it's by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Sarah Pacelli, David Lafuente, Lan Medina, Ed Tadeo, Elena Casagrande, and then the last issue is just randomly all by Chris Samney, who was like, Oh, hey, this guy's really talented. Oh, his Thor book got cancelled way too soon. We need to get him on stuff. And then Justin Ponsor and VCs Corpetti respectively do coloring and lettering. And we do get a bit of detail on the Zodiac Key, which is the Kingpin initially bought it and then he accidentally used it and killed like 50 people and destroyed a town. And it's like, wow, that's that's not great. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, we have Mysterio reference that it's like, this is what Kingpin used to control everybody, and it's like, 
I don't believe that's true. No, I agree. Like, it was very clear that it was all based off of fear and intimidation and respect. Mm-hmm. And, like, he ran a very tight ship. Yeah. And what happened when people started to get a little uppity? He put a Spider-Man mask on you and then crushed your head in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Spider-Man tries to go uh, and train with Iron Man, and Iron Man really has no idea of how to train Peter. He's just like, punch me in the face! Which, I agree, is not good training, and also, <laughs> where is Greg? Where is Gregory Stark? Gregory Stark should be training Spider-Man. I agree. <laughs> oh. Oh, Greg. Oh. We'll see old Greg soon enough. Yeah. Oh, fucking Greg. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gregory Stark is just such a wild fucking reveal, though. This is like... Oh, yeah, no, it's not going to be uh, Tony's brother from the future in this universe. No, it's just his twin, who has never been mentioned before, but who is smarter and better than Tony and apparently <laughs> has nothing to do with Stark Industries. He didn't, like, want to help right. save the world or anything. <laughs> well, no, he does. He just does it in more subtle ways. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Black Cat gets back to her apartment. She apparently moved into Hammerhead's old place. And uh, she has a Zodiac key, and Mysterio's like, okay, I want to buy it from you. And she's like, no, get away from me. And so he is accidentally teleported away. But then he gets back and is like, yeah, aliens gave that gift to the Pharaoh because they thought that he actually ruled the world. I need it to change the world. <gasps> and all of these uh, uses uh, alert Iron Man, so he and Spider-Man go and check it out. Also, we briefly get an appearance where Iron Man has made Bender from Futurama. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. So, Iron Man shows up. Mysterio tries to blast him with the key because the building that Black Cat and Mysterio were in has been destroyed. And Iron Man uses up all of his energy to stop it. Spider-Man goes after the key. Black Cat warns him. And Spider-Man accidentally uh, creates a vortex. And Mysterio's like, Ha! Well, now that you're unable to use it, I've got the key again. And then Tony Stark deactivates Mysterio, who's just been a robot this entire time. Hell yeah. Probably and... turn him into another bender. Yep. And then he moves the key to safety. And Spider-Man's like, hey, I'm going to help people. Do you want to do that too, Black Cat? And she does, which is nice. It is nice. And then Peter Also, why do you think goes, he has a bender robot, Luke? Drinking, buddy. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. You need that other person to make your alcoholism seem less bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did finish re-watching all of Futurama a few weeks ago. Nice. The movies are a low point, and then the first season where they get back, there are some awful episodes just because it has really bad gender politics for a while. Yeah. I mean, they can't really like write women well in that show. No. For a while, and then they're trying to do jokes about sexism, but it's really just sexist stuff. Yeah. I only, yeah. I only really like one of the movies. Which one? I liked Bender's Game. I don't. I feel like a lot of the jokes in it are just very weirdly untimey and 
kind of like too broad for what they're trying to do. That's fair. I think Bender's big score is the best of them for me. Uh, yeah, see one's not. I think that the first time that you see it and it's like, oh, yeah, we did a good time travel paradox thing is good, even though it also is like, hey, uh, you know how Fry's family thought that he was dead the entire time? Uh He wasn't. Somehow he's never been able to find any of this out. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where you just have to ignore parts of it outside of the movie. Well, it's because the entire show has nothing but continuity errors, but... Yeah. You just learned to accept it. A wizard did it. Yeah. Okay, well, the one that I always say to everyone was uh, Star Trek. It's like first episode, yeah, second episode he goes, or no, first one, yeah, he goes and meets Leonard Nimoy. Talks to him about Star Trek. They reference Star Trek and other ones. And then, like two seasons later, bam, saying the word Star Trek is illegal. Yeah. It always has been. Yeah. The next day, Peter gets fired from his mall food court job, which never really had a lot of good payoff. No. And J. Jonah Jameson calls, and Peter's like, oh, I have no idea what this is going to be about. And so Jameson meets with him, and he's like, hey, I almost died, but I want to do the right thing, so let me know what you want. Do you want a scholarship to go to college? And Peter turns it down because he wants to earn his money. And so... Jameson's like, okay, well, then what do you want to do? And Peter asks for a job, and Jameson's like, okay, just give me them Spider-Man exclusives. And you'll get more money, and a scholarship, mm-hmm. that I'll still see blackjacking into. And hookers. In fact, forget about the scholarship. And look, it's Jam- Joey Jonah Jameson, and he has a new hat. Mm-hmm. He's got a new hat. I had a scar on his head. Everyone in his family is currently dead. And then uh, Peter runs into the Shroud Kitty Pride and works with her to stop some rollerblading criminals. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of sad that they didn't just call one of the guys Racket Racer, even though he was on skates instead of skateboard. I agree. And he's like, hey, come on back to my place. Catch up with everybody. We find out that Kenny is a coward who moved to Wisconsin. Essentially dumping Kitty, even though he's not actually said it. Yeah. I do love... Uh, I had forgotten that this happened, because there were some people who was like, Kenny Kong sucks. He's a he's an XB character for Brian Michael Bendis. It's Bendis' Mary Sue. And it's like, no. Like, he actually goes through a lot of changes. Just because he gets to date Kitty Pride does not mean that he is Bendis' stand-in character. Yeah, no, I thought Kenny Kong was good. Yeah, like, he earned the stuff that he has. We have a lot of character growth. It's probably, yeah, yeah. probably the biggest character growth out of any of the characters in the entire universe. <laughs> and then, uh, when Peter gets home with Kitty, it turns out that he forgot that it was his birthday, and Mary Jane reveals that Tony Stark sent him some improved web shooters because he did not want to come to Aunt May's surprise birthday party for Peter. I mean, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Aunt May's gonna swat him at him again. Yep. And then MJ gives Peter a kiss. A kiss of <gasps> death. And calls him Tiger. Yep. The Tiger of Death. And yeah. 
that is the end of Death of Spider-Man Prelude, which I still think could have been part of superhero training, and the last issue should have been an epilogue for that, but whatever, I'm not making these choices. It's a lot nope. better than the superhero training two issues, though. Damn straight it was. Uh, I would say maybe... Uh, I think it's better than Cats and Kings. Yes. Is it better than Tainted Love Epilogue? We actually get a lot more character moments yeah. in it. Yes. Um, I could put this under Daredevil and Elektra and above Gods and Monsters, Ultimates 2. Make it so. Our new number 14 is Ultimate Spider-Man 153 through 155, Death of Spider-Man Prelude. I think if it was just that last issue as its own thing, like the Tainted Love epilogue, that would have been much higher up. I would agree with that. And then last, we have Ultimate Comics Avengers 3, numbers 1 through 6, Blade vs. The Avengers. Shit gets wild. Shit written, gets wild. <laughs> written by Mark Pillar, with pencils by Steve Dillon, inks by Andy Lanning, with some fill-ins by Scott Hanna, color by Matt Hollingsworth and Matt Wilson, and John Rausch, with letters by VCs Corey Petit. Yeah, this is, this is fucking dumb. Uh, I was so very a, into it. <laughs> I think that it passes the line of so smart that it's, or so dumb that it's great quite quickly. And just sort of goes into Mark Millar had some ideas and then he didn't actually want to stick through with them, so he just decided to throw everything to the wall. Luke doesn't like fun, you guys. Yes. It's, it's a weird story because the basic premise of it is Anthony, who used to be the leader of a vampire hunting organization that Daredevil was apparently a part of, got turned into a vampire and was like, oh shit, I don't want to die. And so he stole Iron Man's Gen 1 style armor. Mm -hmm. He was like, hey, now the sun can't touch me. Most people can't stab me or anything. So I'm going to try and turn all the vampire, or I'm going to try and turn all the superheroes into vampires. And so he tried to recruit Blade, and Blade said no. And then he tried to attack Blade. When and Blade said having, no. Uh huh. When he was done having sex with some women, and then vampires burst in and Blade killed them. And then it turned out the women Blade was having sex with were vampires. And so Blade kills them too, and he's like. At least we don't have to snuggle now. And then he's like, oh, hey, one of you escaped. I want you to send a message to your boss. And then he stabs him, presumably killing him, which <laughs> does not make sense. I send messages, Luke. Mm -hmm. And now you haven't read Astro City, right? No. So they have a whole thing where they have like their analogs of the like DC Trinity and then like some Marvel characters and such. Okay. But their uh Daredevil Batman type character is called the Confessor and he is a vampire. And it feels like Mark Millar had this idea very briefly 
and then found out that, oh, Kurt Busiek did it, and it's a very well-regarded story. Shit, I've got to do something else. Because we get introduced to Ray Connor, who got blinded, and now he's got Matt Murdock powers, and Stick has shown up to train him, just like he had trained Matt Murdock, mm-hmm. because they have to kill the King of the Vampires. And he becomes the new Daredevil. But then basically, the next thing we see is Nerd Hulk feeding on Stick, and then Daredevil gets killed, or Daredevil gets fed on. And the Ultimates are like, shit, what are we going to do? I guess we got to assemble the Avengers, because the Ultimates are too busy. Even though the Avengers is like 90% of the Ultimates team. Mm, I wouldn't say it's that much, but it's also most of the Avengers have no nothing to do in this arc. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, look at all these characters we have. Uh, Red Wasp is going to get, like, one scene with her husband and is not actually going to use her powers or anything. Nope. So we find out that Nerd Hulk previously wanted Captain America to move him on to the Ultimates or to, like, let him go into public because he wanted to get comics signed at Midtown Comics in downtown New York City because his favorite writer is going to be there. Captain America's like, no, I don't think that would work well. You suck really bad, even though you're strong. And Nerd Hulk's like, well, fine. Screw you. I'm going to ignore you. And goes into the city where he was immediately jumped on by Anthony and the other vampires. And the book that he was going to get signed was Trouble by Mark Millar. The book about Spider-Man's parents and his aunt and uncle when they were teens where Aunt May gets teen pregnant with Peter and then passes him on to Spider-Man's supposed parents to raise because her parents are too conservative and she doesn't want to get an abortion. (laughs) What? What is this book in the Ultimate Universe, Devin? (laughs) Who would trouble be for? Why would Ultimate Mark Millar write this book about teen pregnancy? Now, here's what I'm going to say is probably the thing, Luke. When they're asking, what are these secret shield files? This is why the Punisher kills Ultimate Peter Parker. (laughs) The Punisher finds these files is disgusted and decides that Peter has to go. <laughs> oh. Wait, I, 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 I legitimately do not remember. Does Ultimate Punisher kill Ultimate Peter Parker? Um, yes and no. Uh, right, it's more of a cumulative thing. It, yes, but that's the big thing that starts it. Is he was going to snipe Captain America and Peter jumps in the way. Yeah, uh, that detail just threw me off because it's the straight up trouble cover. Yeah, no, that, that was weird. It's like, Mark, is that the book that you want people to like? Is that the book people should associate you with? No, why? The only reason I was thinking is when did that come out? My only thought was Uh, maybe that was like one of his most recent ones. No. Uh, Trouble came out in 2003, 2004. Our cover collection was published the following year after this would have come out. 
I don't have a copy of that somewhere. I think you gave it to me. I think I did. Like I bought a uh I bought it in a bin. Yeah. An yeah, alternate uh, universe that not, we get to read at some point. It's not on Unlimited. Because they're cowards. They are cowards. You fucking cowards. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Apparently, Trouble is Nerd Hulk's favorite book. Trouble is the favorite book of the clone of Bruce Banner. That is the Hulk... With Bruce Banner's mind. I... I buy it. I don't? Why do you think he got bitten and taken down so easily? Because he has a shitty taste in comics. Yep. Uh, so yeah, the Avengers go and try and track down Nerd Hulk, and Blade tries to get more information on the vampires, and he finds out Anthony's plan. Anthony is a shitty name for the leader of the vampires. I would agree. Like, they they keep saying it like it's supposed to be intimidating. It's like, uh, no. Like, you have Stick and Blade and Rock and Fist, and the best you can come up with is fucking Anthony? Yeah. Yeah. So the Avengers go into the sewers, vampires bite Captain America, and then they go cause damage in the streets, tossing shit around. And the Ultimates are like, shit, we gotta get out of here. Nick Fury takes over part of the Triskelion, pissing off Carol Danvers, and both of the Stark brothers are going to come in. Anthony, meanwhile, forces the Hulk to take out the tracker that uh, the Ultimates traced him by by ripping it out of his body. And then Blade breaks in, drugs everybody that he can, including Hawkeye, so he can try and kill Captain America, but he takes too long and Captain America gets out of his bonds and bites Blade. So Blade has a dream about killing analog characters from Twilight before he gets up. Uh-huh. And Captain America escapes, and Black Widow's like, well, Blade, we need to take you in for questioning, and then shoots him in the head. Yes? It's... Tell me what's wrong, Luke. It's not good? I don't know. You're trying to question a vampire. That's how you handle the situation, Luke. Blade has shown not really hostility to any of them. He breaks in and then drugs everyone? Because he wanted to kill Captain America. So he wants to kill Captain America. Captain America. Jingoistic hero to the world? Captain America? Uh, meanwhile, we get a brief dick measuring contest between the Starks, and mm-hmm. they all get briefed on what's going on. And that's where we find out that Anthony was the leader of the Vampire Hunters, and so Gregory Stark is like, Hey, I'm smarter than you are, Tony. I can uh, trace this residual arc reactor energy in 20 minutes. And then back at the Vampire Base, Nerd Hulk is tired of Anthony, so he kills him by punching off of his head uh-huh. after challenging him to a duel. Captain America shows up then is like, hey, I need more blood, Nerd Hulk. And Nerd Hulk feeds him. And then we get a, the return of Perrin, who is the Russian Thor equivalent from the Liberators. Oh yeah, I completely like, forgot oh, about hey, who he was. I had a hammer. I want to help here. And so they, along with some giant men, are called out to uh, basically, we're going to go hunt down these vampires. The problem is the vampires already broke in with sick 
wearing the armor, except for the helmet that I guess I couldn't get Anthony's brain out of. That makes sense. And well, it, got damn, is... it got dented pretty big badly when uh, Hulk punched it in the face. Yep. So Tony gets attacked. Uh, Nerd Hulk, meanwhile, leads the rest of the vampire armor, which the illustrations of them flying is fucking goofy as hell. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Perrin is like, hey, I'm going to fight you with the Thor hammer. But he gets killed by Nerd Hulk and Captain America. Uh, like, instantly. Yeah, because Captain America refuses to fight him, and all the vampires attack on one of the giant men who immediately turns into a giant man vampire and is able to capture Nick Fury. Well, I'm not going to lie, I feel like the giant men is just a bad call. Yeah. It's like there's I way more know. for you to bite. Yeah. Uh, so Blade tries to fight Stick and Daredevil, but he's like, oh wait, I can't do this yet. And uh, one of the other giant men stabs the vampire giant man with a jet. That was as great. If that's... Yeah, but it's not a wooden stake. Whatever. It was great. And then Nerd Hulk steals Nick Fury. Blade tries to use guns on stick in his armor, but it does nothing. But that's when Captain America has recovered from his vampirism, takes Perrin's Thor hammer... And teleports them all to Iran, where it's daytime, so all the vampires die, and Blade is able to kill Stick. And then it's like, hey, we're all celebrating. We've caused an international incident. Ahmadinejad is going to be really pissed. And also, Stick might be dead now. I feel like the pacing of this is really bad. Oh, 100%. Like, it's built up. But then it just changes, and like tonally, it's completely bad. Like there, there's parts that are good at least. Going for a fun wild ride. I just think contextually and stylistically, it makes. I thought the teleportation at the end was great. The only thing the teleportation. I... Oh yeah, go on. I feel like. I feel like this might have been written with the teleportation being the solution in mind and then everything else was just leading up to it. Mm -hmm. The thing I thought was weird about it too was pretty much Marvel did the exact same story but the next year. With, uh, uh, with Curse of the Vampires? Yeah. Or Curse of the Mutants? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Marvel's in their vampire phase. Mostly because of them Twilights. The, yeah. Pretty much, and then I don't think any of it really worked out. No. They ruined Dracula. They did. Well, they even had, like, the very similar thing where it was Wolverine who got over his vampirism. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Cap. How do you feel about it compared to Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk? I like it more than that. Uh, my, my problem is there's just a lot of weird gaps and it's too wild for its own good. That's fair. I think my roof for it might be Ultimate Doom. Uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four Doom. Yeah, put it right above that. I, you know what, I, okay, that's fine with me. Our new yes. number 60 is Ultimate Comics Avengers 3. Blade versus the Avengers. 
bringing us to 147 stories on our list. Nice. Uh, now, Devin, do you know we're covering in two weeks? R.I.P. Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to be getting closer to it, and then we have... Uh, I have to do the ultimate, ultimate Avenger. Yeah, Avengers versus ultimate. Ultimates. Yeah, which I don't remember. Is that where it turns out that Tony's tumor is actually a soul gem? Or a mind stone? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I never actually read that one. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, that's what you have to look forward to in two weeks. We took a week off of a Nicolas Cage podcast while Abby and I got prepped for vacation, so we'll be returning with Garden Tests. But Devin, where can people find you online? Oh, you can find me online at Fredo Fett, that's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T, and Luke, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. And, you know, I've got some other podcast stuff. But now I want to go and catch all some Pokemon. Yeah. So. It also oh, says so no, we are covering R.I.P. Spider-Man next week. Oh, okay. I I thought there was more of a build-up to it or something. It's Avengers vs. New Ultimates. Actually, so you probably should reorder that. And the order will cover it, but yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I will uh, see you all in two weeks. Yeah. Catch you on the flip mode. Peace. Peace.